And welcome back, everyone, to the podcast. Pending name change, of course. Uh, we are going to be moving away from the football goonies, as uh, I've expressed very much issue with all the new copyright stuff that they're starting to hammer down on Apple Podcasts and stuff. And uh, anyway, so we're going to just call this the default uh, fantasy football uh, show for now. And on the wonderful default fantasy football show for now, we have special guest, uh, commissioner of the league, and uh, perennial runner-up, Clay. How's it going, Clay? It's good. I appreciate the perennial runner-up, Norman Clay. I appreciate that. Thanks for making sure everybody uh, remembers and that I'm reminded of that painful uh, place that I'm stuck in. Well, uh, I mean, no one ever wants to ignore just how good the Chargers were with Phillip Rivers and Ladanian Tomlinson. So, I mean, we, we need to respect semi-greatness, you know? <laughs> yes, well, I guess congratulations to you as the league champ. Oh, I guess I am the league champ. Isn't that right? Yes, hmm. and your name isn't Chris, so... I know. So... I, I think I think you kind of sowed your own uh, your uh, your own fate when you tried to uh, play the "My name is Chris" card on uh, it, on the fantasy gods. It almost worked. Mm. It almost worked. That's true. That's true. So, um, anyways, uh, real quick, the first thing I want to do not uh, not anything to do with the. Uh, the prestige dynasty worldwide league but uh i wanted to give a shout out to our first repeat champion uh axel uh axel tricod he uh he won the keeper league uh the one that you used to be a part of the new fantastic empire yeah he uh he survived uh, me getting destroyed in the uh, first... Well, I mean, he didn't have to play me. He had a buy, but me uh, and my powerhouse team just getting uh, hammered in the uh, in the first round with injuries and all that. Uh, not unlike the other league, but uh, he ended up uh, overtaking uh, GA Dogs for Life, so uh, Mike fell short in uh, both leagues. Both leagues. Yeah, and it was uh, it was not close. It was one twenty five eighty six to eighty three point sixteen, a full forty two some odd points. Well, congratulations, Axel! Glad yeah. you're alive and well and winning championships. Yeah, I mean I'm not because he's my perennial uh, enemy in that league, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's the word of the day. Everyone is perennial, but uh, but when you uh, when you ride Pat Mahomes and Najee on massive weeks and then uh basically you get a little bit of everything for most people he was still he was able to overcome the aj brown dud of championship week yeah yes that was rough after the week before being so good yep 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 so uh yeah congrats to the champion uh now two-time champ he has that moniker although i beat him to uh I beat him to that uh, title first. He's done it twice now, so uh, quite impressive. Anyways, I think what everyone really wants to hear, the meat and potatoes, is uh, is how you felt about our matchup in the Prestige Dynasty Worldwide Championship. I think that you uh, were a great big pandering bear and... Uh, 
you were probably just trying to make sure Carmen didn't come back and bite you for a second year in a row because I was pretty sure without a miracle that you had it locked down because Adams had just been a beast and Kamara was about to go off because Ingram wasn't going to play and that team was horrible and he was the only good player on the team and so I knew I needed a miracle and so my hopes were uh, not dashed because I didn't have any. I was just glad to be there once again for the third time in four years. Mm. So um, I I kind of disagreed with your uh, your assessment of the week uh, as I as I recall in my my championship uh, memory banks. So uh, I I I do distinctly remember that during the uh, the first round of games, the noon games, uh, I believed you had a better chunk of your team in the noon games, and pretty much most of my team was in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, yep. I, uh, yeah. I, I do distinctly remember that it started off decent in the projections, and I know we shouldn't, we shouldn't pay attention to the sleeper projections, and I understand that they're not great determiners of of what's going to happen, but it, it generally does play out pretty well on the in matchup one, not so much the pre matchup one. Uh, and I do remember that by the end of the first round of games, you actually had overtaken my substantial projected lead, and I was it was a neck and neck race. And uh, from years past of just disappointing performances in uh this league from a powerhouse team of myself uh i was really concerned that i was going to lose it going into the afternoon games yeah i think it was your quarterbacks was pretty big and uh mine were not that was really the big thing too was i just didn't have a good schedule it didn't seem like seemed like all my team was playing like the worst schedule possible and then I think that was the week that Kirk and Stafford were playing each other. So it was like, oh, great. So if they have a dud, then they're both going to be bad. Um, actually, I think that was the prior week. Because, uh, yeah, Stafford played Baltimore. And then, huh. yeah, and then you ended up playing yeah, right. Mac yeah, Jones. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. But, uh, yeah, so basically the way it played out was, man, I was getting... I remembered when I was watching it, like, Deontay Johnson wasn't doing anything, and Amari Cooper wasn't doing anything, and and I think uh, Kamara wasn't doing anything, and Dak wasn't doing anything. And then, like, I, I had just the fear in me 100%, and then all of a sudden in, like, the late third quarter, Amari hit a touchdown, and then like almost simultaneously Deontay hit a touchdown and like it just started steamrolling after or like snowballing after that and then that's kind of when I, I got into the comfort zone of like man it's gonna be hard to lose yeah your whole team pretty much just started scoring touchdowns right there at the end of the games and then you had that throwing Amari touchdown so you doubled up on the points which is always nice yep yep so I mean it's it, I'm, I'm glad it because I was in the game, it happened that way. But I mean, you had, you definitely had one of the more consistent, strong teams. Like you weren't always at the top, and I think this is the same thing that uh, that my teams tend to be. And uh, 
in Dynasty, and I, I think a lot of people overlook is like we're not always number one, but we tend to float in that like two to three range a lot. Like, and I, we we I mean we we do have our big games here and there, but I think we tend to be a little more like consistent on the high end rather than yeah, yeah rather than that. So uh, it was it was really interesting to see your team kind of fall short on that one, but. I mean, at the end of the day, we both probably dealt with some of the most injuries in the league. It just happened that uh, I happened to get healthy at the right time. So. Yeah, I mean, Kirk had COVID, and then Waller was out, so I had to play uh, Frymouth, who had been out the week before with a concussion. And, and on and Akers, obviously, was still out at that point, which is insane that he's playing right now. Right, right. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I was, I was probably probably five or six weeks into the season. I wasn't sure if I was going to sell off everybody and do a mini rebuild or not, and I kind of stuck with it, and it worked out. But I think for a while there, I was a little worried because Montgomery was hurt and Brown was hurt, and I think I was only playing – I only had Stafford and Cousins I could play. And so it, it got a little sketchy there for a little bit. But my team, yeah, they pulled it together, and they were consistent, like you said. So Yep. And, uh, and I made it through the uh, the Grim Reaper and the semifinals. Oh uh, man, yeah, which was a big. That was like a big, bigger deal than making it to the championship was getting by him. Yeah, so uh, for for people that weren't paying attention through the playoffs or didn't quite pick up on it, um, one of the teams that was definitely more rebuild than compete uh, on basically the back of two top three to four dynasty quarterbacks basically started um and this is tyler we're talking about uh team's not strong a lot of holes dealt with injury too but with these two quarterbacks and some black voodoo magic he managed to just get like all the top teams in the league to underperform against him and i think it started with me where like I only scored like 80 or 90 points, and he beat me by a couple. Then uh, then uh, Schultz and you and Greenwood, like it just steamrolled where he made it to the playoffs. And then in the playoffs, it continued where every top-tier team, like Chris Green, uh, Greenwood was the the highest-scoring team on the whole season. Now, I don't think his team was actually the best team of the season, but, I mean, like, proof's in the pudding on the numbers, and he had one of his worst weeks against Tyler in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, he only scored 90 points. It's crazy, yeah. And then, like you said, like, it took you and your destiny of finishing in second place to take Tyler down because had he made it to the championship against me, I was seriously worried that I would also lose. Yeah, it was kind of crazy because he had basically Josh Allen and uh, – and uh, Herbert, yeah. Herbert, and then Javante Williams got hot at the end of the season for like three games. And then for, you know, Hunter Renfro. Or like you know some random tight end. It's just like, are you kidding me right now? I'm, and no one scored more than 100 points against them for like five weeks straight. Yeah, just, I don't know what deal he made with what witch doctor, but it worked <laughs> for a while. Exactly. So, uh, speaking of uh, witch doctors, I just want to talk. So, like, I don't think people understand. You're you're. I, I'm the most noted human being in this league as far as like. 
these massive trades of just like great value that people can't believe happen because I've had a couple. Yeah. But only, yeah. but oh, yeah. but the like problem. Kamara trade is that right. what we're is that, is that what? Yeah, like the Kamara trade, the Michael Thomas for Adams trade. Yeah, um, and and, and, and the legend all started when I in the when I traded back in the first and second, the first and third round, or first and second round last year. Because I mean, yeah. people people don't realize this. I had the one hundred and one and the dynasty pick. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Gurley was sitting there, and I just got out of that landmine, collected some picks. Then I got into the second round when I find, uh, or I took Lev Bell at the end of the first. So like my first round was no great thing either. And uh, and then I, I was sitting there in the second round with one of a couple of picks, and I'm looking at like Antonio Brown and Michael Thomas, and I was like, man, I could take either one at the time. And uh, I I basically traded back. Two, one or two spots and got a haul for it and he and he ended up taking uh antonio brown i ended up with michael thomas before his major breakout so, yeah and like two first round picks in the future yeah and yeah and one of those turned into josh jacobs and stuff and uh ba- basically the 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 moral of the story was i think i think everyone got a perception of me just being like this this crazy trade master although at the on the on the flip side, I I was new to dynasty, even though I understood it, and uh, I didn't understand sitting on and letting values build a little bit too much. And I've made some horrific trades too. Where yeah. like, I mean, I got out. Yeah, of, but so have I. Yeah, I've got I got out of CMC before he got big. Uh, I got out of I got out of Lamar Jackson before he blew up. Before he's now come back down to earth and. Just so, like, it's been pretty lopsided on both sides for me. But I don't think what people understand is you've made more moves than anyone in this league, and you put out far more trade offers than anyone by, like, a long shot. Yeah, and like you said, so I think you can approach it two ways. You can either never trade unless you're absolutely 100% certain you're going to, you know, win the trade or it's going to be fair or you're going to get what you need. But but how are you ever that certain? So you never trade, or you're like you and I, and my approach is I just am okay with making trades, and sometimes, like, I've won trades where I just, you know, the A.J. Brown trade, I traded um, Nikhil Harry for, like, A.J. Brown, and, a, and I got a second with him. And it's like, you know, that's just luck. A.J. Brown was hurt at the time, and Harry was a first-round pick. I took like, yeah, and I took Debo ahead of AJ Brown that draft with that extra yeah, with yeah, that extra first round I picked. Take uh, what's his name for the Eagles too? Uh, yeah, I did snake at the end of, of the second. JJ Arcega Whiteside. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but nobody, you know, that was the draft too. Where I took Daniel Jones, but then I turned him into Harry and Waller. Then I traded Harry for. But I mean, that's the thing. The more trades you make, the more you're gonna crush, and the more you're gonna. Because I also traded. I've traded away. Like name a big name player. I've traded him away. Uh, traded you trade. You you traded. You've traded. So, I remember at one point you had sent off like Hopkins, and you you ended in. So basically, like you've had some. I remember early on you had a, a really stellar team, and you made like two moves, and it was head scratching. I thought you got super weak on it. And then somehow you turned that around and you ended up trading what you had just gotten for a haul. And it 
it all one one piece at a time makes it look like you're just like this crazy man but you look at it as a whole and i i think the truth is somewhere in between but it seems like you have a master plan but like i feel like some of it just worked out well for you yeah that, and i think that's what it is right i mean the justin jefferson trade i i traded that was the trade i traded Devonte adams for and uh jk dobbins and i got um minchu Gardner Minshew, and I got Miles Sanders, and uh, and the, the and the two one, yeah, and then I traded Min, uh, Minshew for Justin Jefferson, who was yeah. uh, supposedly like you know running with the third stringers and all this stuff, and then what do you know? He's like basically the top wide receiver dynasty asset right now. But, but I also, like, traded away Devontae Adams. I traded away Zeke. I traded OBJ away when he was still good. I mean... Nick Chubb and Dalvin Cook. Yeah. The Dalvin Cook one is the one there. Uh, yeah, I, I think okay I think that's when Chubb you really weakened pick. yourself. Yeah. Yeah, the Chubb pick I was okay with because I love Nick Chubb because I'm a Georgia fan, but I know about his knees, and I was worried, A, he wasn't going to get another contract with them, but B, he's going to... The other way of selling the show with his knees, and so I, I um, am disappointed that Trey Sermon didn't work out. But Mac Jones and Brandon Ayuk, um, I'm okay with that that haul. But the the Dalvin Cook one, I I choose. That's like uh, I choose not to think about that trade. Yeah. <laughs> oh, trust <laughs> trust me. I I to this day, so I to this day think about. Uh, so I think about the Lamar Jackson trade a little bit, but I really think about the CMC trade because yeah, what what people was... don't understand was CMC was a he was like a ten to twelve range guy the season before uh, the beginning of the season he he seemed like in that eight to ten range guy, but on top of that he was doing it against really weak defenses at the beginning of that yeah. season. And Kenny Galladay, uh, he was he was value back then, but he wasn't like greatness for that short period. And I'd flip both those two into the number one running back in Kareem Hunt, and then lo and behold, four weeks later, um, Kareem Hunt is suspended for the the kick. And then all of a yeah. sudden, Kenny Galladay is a top ten receiver on the season, and CMC, like season. yeah, and then CMC took off into the stratosphere and for the second half of that season turned into the greatest dynasty asset of all time for a period, you know? Yeah, and I think that's the part, that's another part of it is trying to time. So like Nick Chubb, I'm okay with getting out on him when I did because like he's going to slow down at some point and Hunt is going to be there because they signed him. So like, okay, well, you can either, you have to make a decision. You can either ride an asset, a player, all the way to the end of their career because you love them or because you don't have a choice because you didn't sell them or you can sell them and maybe you got out a season or two early, but you were out in front of it and you got top value for them rather than waiting until they were depreciating value and you had to take, you know, pennies on the dollar. Case in point, you know, Antonio Brown could have been traded for a whole lot during the season when him and Tom Brady were tearing it up over the last, you know, year and a half. Mm-hmm. And now he's worth nothing again. And and honestly, that's something you and I talked about because I mean he's sitting on Mike's team and yeah. Mike Mike had a decision to make. And I think we had talked about it on the last time we were on here when we were looking at teams. 
And I've been a proponent of thinking back then that Mike was in a sell mode because his his solid assets were all older rather than any youth. So I kind of thought he should have gone the other route, but he he went full bore. And, I mean, to his credit, uh, his team mostly stayed healthy, and he he made a good run at it. But at the end of it, I thought he he was farming off a little too much for a chance at success. And I think too many things had to go right with how his team was constructed. And uh, so, yeah, I agree with you. Like, the loss of that value now, he'll never retain that back. And, I mean, it's worth it if you take the shot and you hit. But, I mean, it, it could ring true for years that it hurts you. Yeah, I mean, like, D-Hop. I traded him for Kirk Cousins and Keenan Allen because I needed a quarterback that year. And Hopkins had, like, one more, like, stellar year. And Hopkins hasn't been near the player. And, in fact, him and Keenan Allen have been pretty close. But I've got Kirk Cousins on top of it. So it's like, uh, I'm okay with missing out on that one more big year, but getting out when his – I mean, he was like the wide receiver once. It's like, yeah, that makes sense. Or sometimes you guess wrong and you, you know, you give away Dalvin Cook for nothing because you think he just can't stop getting hurt. And then he stays healthy and has a huge season. And you're like, well, that was stupid. Yeah. And, I mean, some, sometimes you're a little too hot takey. I mean, I'm, I'm a perfect example of that. But yeah. at yeah. the end of the day – I'm sitting here with the W on my chest, you know. And yeah. Well, I mean, and that's the thing, too, is like, uh, so uh, this is one of the things maybe some of our league mates know because I've told them this, but like at the end of the day, if you come at me with like, well, so-and-so on this podcast uh, or this, that, and another, I, like I don't, I don't really, li- I don't know. I take some of that under advisement, but if my team, and so if I make a bad trade, I own that bad trade. I don't say, well, the fantasy footballer said, and if I make a good trade, then I own that trade too because I made that trade. Yeah. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's every, it's, it's, you know, it's your team, it's my team, and we, we have to be okay with making decisions because we have to live with them. And some people, I think, some people, it's just harder to maybe stomach the fact that they might trade away a huge asset who's going to blow up. And then other people, because you hit on some big ones, you can deal with giving Tyree Kill away for nothing because you were worried about a suspension that never came. That's another bad trade I made. That but, is that is true. Know, I have AJ Brown and Justin Jefferson and some other really young assets and it's like, yeah, that hurts, but I made a lot of other counter, you know, trades that countered that one that turned out really well. So Yeah. Absolutely. If you make if you make one bad trade and it goes bad and you never make any more like I, I feel like that's the worst place to be in because you've got to keep trading to balance it out. If you only make a few trades, you're less likely to profit. But if you make future trades, it balances out. But in Dynasty, it balances out, I think, in your favor because as long as you're trading young and you're not just buying old assets, you're bound to feed on somebody who's young and then they get more expensive and you can sell them for pieces or more pieces. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I look I look at your team now, and, I mean, although you fell short and stuff, I mean, it it makes a man jealous when you look at the receiver core because not only, not only do you have uh, the quality, but you have the youth to go along with it. I mean, yeah, people, people can talk and say, like, well, Keenan Allen's going to lose a step, Lockett's kind of a question mark, but, I mean, you're sitting there with two of the top, what, five receivers in A.J. Brown and Justin Jefferson – um and then on top of that i mean you sit you sit down and you got guys like you got darnell mooney off the waiver wire 
you're sitting there with Brandon Ayuk, you got Bateman, uh, Allen Robinson could potentially uh, regain value. Uh, and then you're even sitting like DJ Charks, like your receiver, what, seven at this point? Seven, he could, he yeah, could always yeah. make a return too. Yeah, and uh, St. Brown oh, yeah. on my taxi squad and went nuts the last like half of the season. Yep. That's that one that one's an interesting one. I think I it think is. he's gonna I predict you're going to sell him because I don't think he'll ever hold the value he holds right now. Yeah, well, you know. What's his name? Hawkinson got hurt and was gone and then he was golf's like, you know, blanky and just his underneath man that he just threw the ball to. But dude scored it. It's not like he was just catching and stuff. Like dude had over hundred yards. And then score a touchdown. So yeah, I, I just I think I think finding his value is going to be a real tough one, just because he yeah. he had such a historic run the last five six games. But at the, at the same time, like like you said, he did it without Hawkinson. He did it without Swift, pretty much, and he did it in a on a team that would prefer not to be in desperation mode all the time. And if you look at it, they got a great offensive line. They're starting to put pieces on defense. And I, I think they're still a few years out, but I think they're they're gonna obviously add another receiver and and then you, you're tied to Goff for the time being. Yeah, which is scary. Yeah, so I, I, I feel like he's a little overblown right now. He'll over yeah. he'll correct a little bit, but I mean at the same time he has all the potential to be a top probably like 10 to 12 dynasty receiver asset with how yeah, he's proven that's the player like if i'm sitting on an older team that i'm like all right i need to do like a retool and rebuild and i got some like older running backs that could still give some my year or two like if I, so if i'm in that situation that's the kind of player i would buy like you know i would be willing to sell him for something like if somebody's like hey i've got you know let's you know, I don't know, name like an older running back. Tony Michelle goes and signs like for a one year deal somewhere. He's going to be the starter. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I like that's the kind of trade I would make because it's like I'm giving up a running back who is going to be one, maybe two years, but I could get wide receiver who just had a great year. And if he continues to hit, is going to be, you know, you could take that risk. I'll tell you, so, I'll tell you right now if, uh, if we come to next season. And James Conner re-signs with the Cardinals, and he is the only running back on the Cardinals. A note: you, especially owning Eno, I will trade. I will make that trade all day long because I think it, it benefits both teams. Uh, and and I'm willing to take that shot. I'm telling you right now. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm willing to take. Conner was good this year, man. He scored a lot of touchdowns, though. Mm, yeah, and he did it on. Did, his his usage the first half of the season was tiny. Yeah, it was. And I think he's got to be – they do those charts where it's like percentage of points from touchdowns. He's got to be at the top. Oh, yeah, gotta, no, no doubt. But number one. at the end of the day, you also look at the second half of the season when uh, Edmonds vacated and his yeah. target share was insane. Yeah. Even before Hopkins left. So. Yeah, and unfortunately he got hurt, which is his, you know – that's his uh, thing. He, he just has trouble staying healthy. Eh, yeah, I suppose. So, yeah, the the things I'm really interested in seeing this season for you are you're, you're kind of at a crossroads still, like you kind of talked about at the like middle of this past season, is you're, you're sitting there with, uh, with 
you got depth but not strength at the quarterback position. Um, you got you got some real question marks on the running back position, and like you and then your tight end. I mean, your elite tight end is is aging out and looked awful the last part of the season when he did play. So, like, you got some question marks, but you have that amazing receiver core. I'm wondering if, uh, in your head, are you deciding, like, is it time to sell some of these running backs with quarterbacks and get younger and stronger at the quarterback position and do, like, a a short-term rebuild for a season? Yeah, I think that's what I'm not sure, but I have been thinking if I sold anybody, I would start selling some of the running backs. I mean... Sanders and Montgomery aren't that old, and they'll get second contracts either with their teams or somewhere else. And Acres is just incredible. He even came back. Yeah, you, you, no one's gonna yeah another two, maybe three years. But he looked great, especially in the playoffs. He's looked great. Um, I'm not worried about tight end because Irv Smith got hurt. I think OJ Howard's gonna go to another team. And then Frymouth is a beast. I think he's going to be really good with a new quarterback. Well, it's always uh, nice. It's always nice to have Frymouth dropped by a team, and then you have one of the few teams with any uh, with any fab uh, left in the offseason. I drafted Frymouth. I thought he was the one you. Oh no, that was Troutman. Never mind. That was Troutman, and I dropped him. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. So, like, people don't understand. So, you're sitting there. Uh, Darren Waller was a was a waiver wire pickup for you. And I know because no, it won't. Tra- I traded for him. Oh, you did? Um, yeah, because uh, Gary, Gary picked him up off the waiver. Okay. But then I traded Gary Daniel Jones for Waller and okay. um, Harry. And so, then I flipped Harry for A.J. Brown. Gotcha. Okay. So, like, I remember having, I owned Darren Waller at one point. But, like, yeah, you got Troutman off the waivers, Mooney off the waivers, Zay Jones might have been a find off the waivers. We'll see how the offseason yeah, goes. And, uh, you know, that Mooney wasn't off the waivers. Mooney was when we were doing that uh, sign people off of other people's taxi squad thing. Oh, so might as well have been off the waivers. He was the only player besides Mike got Ethan from somebody. That's and right. I got Mooney off of somebody's roster. That's right. Squad. So that might as well have been a waiver wire pickup, but yeah. Yeah, except I didn't pay anything for him, and he was okay last year. But this year, Robinson gone. He was number one. Yep. Went over a thousand yards. It's crazy. It's crazy. So, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really interested. You being the uh, the trade man to see how uh, how you tackle this off season, but uh, especially yeah, especially be- since you don't have really any picks <laughs> this year. Yeah, I don't have any picks, but everybody's kind of gotten tight pocketed with their um, picks and, and trading. Towards the end of the season, it seemed like everybody kind of um, clinched up for some reason. So, unless yeah. uh, someone was just going to like give them assets, and uh, um, I wasn't going to do that. Like uh, one or two people tried to just come take Acres, like he was done, and I wasn't willing to give him away. But I was gonna. I was willing to sell them to somebody who's rebuilding several teams. But they were like, "No, I'm not paying that much." And now I'm like, "Oh, I'm glad you turned it down." Because turns out he's apparently a freak of nature. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll see. 
Yeah, there's some. There's definitely some interesting guys on your team as far as figuring out value. I mean, like you said, your running backs are really a conundrum. Outside of outside of uh, Montgomery and Mixon, it's it's a real head scratcher of how you actually value Acres and how the field yeah. will, how people actually value Stevenson and Sanders. Like they're all they're all definitely not the clearest thing. Yeah. yeah, I think with quarterbacks, you know, I've got the – for anybody who hasn't gone looked on our sleeper page, you can go to the chat, click the pin, and it's got a link to our league document. And it's if you scroll down, it's got, like, all the law, all the rules we've, we've voted on and changed in the past, and it's got proposed rule changes for 2022. I've added them throughout the season as people – have told me they'll DM me and say, "Hey, I don't, I don't really like this. Can we talk about this or that?" But one of the things on there is quarterback scoring. Uh, I just think at this point, like having someone like Hurts score as many points as he does, and being the quality quarterback that he is, is uh, it's just kind of I, I don't know. I, I don't have those players, so it can seem like I'm just kind of being a crybaby. But like I have a, like Stafford and Cousins are actually good quarterbacks, but they don't score near the points because they don't run as much. So yeah. one of the proposed changes is to change the passing touchdown from four to six to match rushing touchdowns. Yeah, I would like to put a caveat on that. I actually think that a quarterback rushing touchdown should maybe be dropped in that case. Yeah, I would agree. I see that would be the better thing. I agree with you. The problem is, as of now, Sleeper doesn't have a way to adjust scoring for um position rushing so they just have rushing touchdown now usually every offseason they add new stuff like last offseason they added recede yeah and they're they're great responsive like if we actually ride into them i'm pretty sure something i suggested along with a couple other people had to change last year and uh they're they're really responsive on that kind of stuff i think they're just trying to keep up with mfl 10s super customization yeah i um i agree i think so well ideally uh, and people should write in because they are responsive and they anytime i have questions or need help they're always like really helpful they're great but what ideally what i would like to see is something closer to mfl 10 where with quarterbacks um you can bump down their rushing to four, but also you can bump up their uh, penalties for fumbling and throwing interceptions so that bad quarterbacks are punished just as much as good quarterbacks are rewarded. This is really an imbalance. You know, Lamar Jackson can go out there and fumble the ball three freaking times and throw two interceptions. But he rushes for 100 yards and two touchdowns, and he still gets, like, 20 points. And you're like, well, I, this doesn't make sense. It's not good. Yeah. So. We'll, so. we'll try to figure something out. I do think when, when, when the discussion comes up, we'll have an actual pod episode where we talk about all the proposed changes and things, like the options and stuff. But uh, yeah. I think people definitely need to weigh that one because the fact is with the 2QB league and limited roster spots – uh qbs are already wholly important in this league and if you start floating extra points to them uh that's really gonna like float the top tier guys so that's that's definitely something you got to watch out for another proposition would be maybe we end up converting uh 
and this this one's not necessarily has to be related but converting uh the second qb slot into an actual super flex spot yeah and then you yeah which so just like theoretically from my viewpoint that would downgrade the value of a lot of quarterbacks that are on the that are in like the bottom few tiers because you don't have to play two. So it yeah. would be easier it would make it a lot easier to acquire quarterbacks, but it would make it a lot harder to sell, you know, lower tier quarterbacks for any type of profit. You'd basically be giving them away because I don't have to start them, so whatever, keep your quarterback. Yeah, you that's know, that's a good point too. Jones. Yeah. Hey, hey, you were so upset about Mac Jones, and I was like, man, watch, he's going to put up so many points on the final. And that was part of my 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 scare was he did. He went ham on that. But, yeah. Um, and I was like, of course Mac Jones would throw four touchdowns today. Why not? But So, uh, so speaking of uh, weakness and, and strength of quarterbacks and stuff, let's talk real quick. Uh, are there any teams that stand out to you as far as that you think maybe could uh, continue their rise or the scary good teams or if there's any teams that you think are going to take a significant step back next season? Um, I think, it, you know, there's some obvious – teams that are in rebuild mode or have been for a few years and uh but i think you know not to pick on mike but unfortunately i think mike's team has the biggest you know chance of taking a step back i mean he already lost ab and you know cooper cup had an otherworldly season but is he going to do that again i mean the odds uh say no and he had what three running backs and they managed to stay healthy the whole season and the Steelers rode Harris because Ben sucked they're going to get a new quarterback are they going to change the offensive system are they going to not run as much because they have a quarterback they can throw downfield I don't know I mean I think his team could be just as good uh Hertz could they could draft a quarterback and Hertz could be gone Rodgers could retire I mean it's yeah. all yeah yeah and um i mean there's i i I look i look down the the list of his roster i mean rogers could retire or end up in a terrible situation probably not that one but hertz could not be a quarterback uh i think eckler's about as safe as they come on his team uh naji what you said kind of same with cup metcalf could lose wilson and become less relevant uh i think the real bright star on his team is that uh devin singletary may have uh revamped his usefulness yeah and that was you know so this is just how i would it's not my team and so i and i have no qualms about however my his team he should run his team but i like i'm watching the playoffs and i own singletary in the dynasty owner league um that i have and i own him and i'm already like thinking to the offseason looking at at league members thinking who I'm going to trade him to. Yeah. Because I, and I own Zach Moss too. I drafted them both in our, our original startup draft. And I'm like, I'm watching Singletary hit and like scroll these touchdowns. I'm like looking through rosters like, all right, I can make an offer to this person. And that like, I'm thinking, how am I going to sell this dude while he's hot? I'm getting out. Yeah. And then I look up and down his, his roster and I mean, there's question marks he can't get out of. And then there's, 
there's guys that are just peak value or, or perceived better value. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think he's probably a, a smarter bet to sell assets and start prepping for two seasons from now. But Yeah, it's just shallow, too. I mean, we had several teams that got so lucky with injuries this year, and the rest of us just got killed. And I feel like his team, for the most part, he he just got incredibly lucky. He just made it through somehow, and you know that that's another thing that hopefully we'll talk about. But with rule changes about expanding rosters, but you know if he takes injuries to running back or wide receiver for one or two guys, you know I I don't even know who he's playing. Um, he's he's playing Dante Pettis, who's like the fourth string wide receiver for the Giants. Yeah, I mean that's that's a good point. So, so. Yeah, so I don't, you know, that's just the, obviously we don't know, but that that's the one to me I look at because I think Greenwood and Schultz, um, they have well, Schultz depth was tested for sure. But right, but he still he have, still has it, and like you, I think a lot of his depth is quality future. Right, because a lot of young players. I mean his his running back core is insane. I mean like. We, we can say what we want about Dalvin Cook and his future, but, I mean, he's sitting on Swift and Taylor, and yeah. you can have different opinions. I'm not quite as – I know you're not as high on Swift as a lot of people, uh, but I, I think some of the funky things are just, like, what, what's going to happen to Fournette with him? Um, does Calvin Ridley come back? I mean, like, his depth definitely got tested. I agree with you, but it's it's yeah, one of those – like young players that are really good. Yeah, and then I I think the one big thing that kind of hurts him a little bit is he's quarterback. Yeah, he he's perceived as strong with Lamar Jackson, but I mean you know how I feel about Lamar, and I I I thought it was even though there's still question marks around Baker, I thought it was a big mistake losing two pieces to get one, and I understand he was making a push for a championship, uh, but I mean. The, the only comfort I really take is that Kelsey ended up not being, uh, or sorry, not Kelsey. Kelsey is what he is. Andrews ended up being, at least for now, more than his perceived value was. And that managed to siphon off Andrews and a first round pick for Kelsey. Yeah. Yeah. And not to mention the age difference, too. Yeah. It's like, what, eight years? I mean,. Because I mean, I, I mean, he's si- he's still sitting there with two of the best tight ends, but I mean, yeah, he potentially yeah, had Kittle, Kittle and so Andrews and could Ke- afford to do that. Yeah, but like the the fact that he lost the age of Andrews over Kelsey and that first round pick, I think that gave us a chance to breathe. Because like, I'm not saying that like, oh, Schultz is trash or anything now or anything like that. I think Schultz was going to be my clear front runner for next year. But because of some of the moves he made to, to win that championship, I think he just put a little bit of a chink in the armor where I think uh, I think we, we can we can stick with him, some of the other top teams and kind of I, I think he would have ran away with it had it not been for a couple of the, the trades that he tried to push for a champ. Yeah, and he's pretty vulnerable. I mean, is Trevor Lawrence good or isn't he? And, you know, Lamar is what he is, but he, uh, yeah, I would have probably stuck with, with Baker and Russ and Lawrence and Darnold is not going to be a quarterback soon. So, yeah, I think that's a that's a big hit in a two quarterback league for sure. 
Yeah. I mean, he, he does have the positivity, though, of, like, having the best running back in fantasy because I went against my feelings. So I don't I don't know if I ever mused on it, but basically I wanted Jonathan Taylor. I didn't want CEH, but just I let outside sources push me to CEH on that draft, and I tried super hard. He was he was brand new in the league, and I tried he, – he can verify it. I was pushing hard to try to get him to jump me for CEH so that I could take Taylor. And he, he sat there, and he was just like, I want CEH, but I'm okay taking Taylor. So I'm not yeah. going to do that. And, I mean, it worked out yeah. well for him. So Yeah, and I think that's part of it too is he – so like – and I feel the same way. If, if at any point I'm like, I need to, get a, I need to upgrade a quarterback, I, I feel like I have plenty of assets where I could go sell some pieces and get an upgraded quarterback and still have a good team. And I feel like he's in the same spot. Like, you know, during the draft he doesn't have a first-round pick. Or so he wants to go trade up into the first round when he wants to get a quarterback. He's got assets enough to where he could do that and his team is not gonna take that big of a hit because he's got you know, he's got tons of young assets and running back. Yeah. I mean you you talked about him and he makes it sick to think, but I mean he's got Dalvin Cooks who I don't think he's gonna fall off the map. I think he's a valuable asset now. But if he looks at how long young most of his team is, that might be the person that he ends up moving to try to get another quarterback and maybe a replacement running back that isn't nearly as good. But that would yeah. strengthen his team overall, I think. Right. Or Hopkins. I mean, he could get rid of Hopkins. He doesn't need him. Yeah. I mean, Hopkins will be healthy to start next season. So. Yeah. And, I, and, and then, I mean, we even forget about it. You go way down on the list. He's also got Mike Evans. Uh, so like the, the interesting thing with him is, uh, he does have some question marks that'll be interesting and, and, and spitballing off Evans. I think the person I disagree with you the most on is, uh, and he's gonna, he's gonna laugh at it because he knows my, uh, my disdain for his lack of depth, but, uh, I don't think Chris Greenwood's in a great position at all next year. Well, I, um, He's going to have to have a lot of things fall right. I would agree with you mostly because um, didn't did he have Roethlisberger? Didn't he trade Roethlisberger from you? Yeah, so he ended up with Roethlisberger from the trade, and he's sitting on Tom Brady. Right, that's what I was about to say. So he could have Ryan Tannehill and no one else. In yeah. Ryan Tannehill, um, there's whispers that the Titans wouldn't mind getting out from under his contract, even though it's like And then if Brady goes, is Godwin going to stay? Is he going to go to another team? And if he does, is he going to be as good there? So, yeah, I mean, he got pretty lucky with Jamar Chase. Um, I mean, just incredible rookie season and obviously a great player. Right. And but, I, I don't want to say lucky, but, like, I mean, it was – Well, for, well, for I, where he picked him – lucky because he was still there and because he tried to trade that pick. That's I true. almost traded for that That's pick. True. He was trying hard to get out of that pick. And I almost had a deal worked out, and he just made the pick because he was tired of waiting. So Yeah, and it's really rough, too, because, I mean, I don't know how close I got him, but I was, I was probing a little bit during the season before Chase ever broke out when he was doing, like, he's getting touchdowns. Hey, I can't catch things. But, yeah, he was getting touchdowns, <laughs> but he was getting, like, one catch a game kind of thing. And yeah. uh, and I was trying to move Adams for Chase in a pick, and uh, 
and I, I couldn't get them to bite and i mean obviously now in a vacuum you may like you probably take chase ahead of adams i think there's still an, I, I i i don't quite agree with everyone saying he's the clear-cut number one wide receiver in dynasty but he's clearly jumped in that conversation of he is one of three to four people that you take number one at the receiver position yeah i i agree because I my so my past thought process on that is okay. Let's wait till the end of next year because everybody said that about DK Metcalf last year. Oh, he's the number one, you know, yada yada yada. And then what did he do this year? He fell off the map. Yeah. So you know, that's I had put feelers out for Jefferson and AJ Brown because it was like okay, they had great rookie years, but can they do it again? And everybody was high on them. But if I think if Chase does it for a second year. Okay, now we can start talking about you know number one overall. But exactly, you got to you got to do it more than once. Yeah, you know? to, I mean, to me, how many players in the league have done that for a year? I mean, you know, I like DJ Chark, but right now DJ Chark's only done it once. So oh, he's worth he's, he's worth it maybe a bet at best a second round pick now. Right, but if he does it again, okay, well now you showed that it wasn't a fluke. Right. So I think. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he's obviously very valuable, but he's not the number one. He, no. he, has, a, he has to do it. Jefferson just did it two years in a row, and you know, and that was with Zimmer, who wants to run the ball 50 times every game. So you do it more than once, all right, we can start talking. But until then, we'll, let's, let's wait and see. Yeah, I just think I think there's too many future question marks. I mean, like he's down to one mediocre quarterback potentially. Uh, his running back core is getting old, and I understand like Aaron Jones still has gas in the tank, but he's splitting with Dylan, and those guys can cannibalize each other for the next year or two. Um, and then Zeke's the big question mark. Tyreek's starting to be a question mark, not so much on his talent, but is he going to start a downward climb soon? Uh, what's going to happen with uh, Scary Terry and his next quarterback situation? And then, notoriously, uh, Chris Godwin's value took a huge hit because everyone assumed, like, probably what would happen was he would get uh, franchised with Tampa one more year. But if Brady's gone, what's his market going to be? Is he going to end up – I mean, Chris Godwin could end up in in Minnesota, and then all of a sudden he devalues himself and or Justin Jefferson, you know? like Yeah, and, I mean, I'll – some analysts talk about this, but it's proven to be true. Usually, the year after an ACL is not a great year for wide receivers. It usually takes a full year, and he had a late season ACL, so Godwin could not even be ready to start the season. Oh, I wouldn't expect him to be, yeah. And so he could take an even bigger hit if he goes somewhere and he's not playing. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, Zeke is Zeke on the way out. I mean, yeah. he didn't look great. He said he had a PCL injury. I mean, his yeah. only his only true stable piece at running back is Dobbins, but I mean, we got to see and what he Dobbins. had an ACL surgery, and you know, even yeah. everybody's like, "Oh, Barkley's a freak of nature. He's like AP. He's going to come back and he'll be fine." But he wasn't. You know, he had hamstring issues, and just like Dalvin Cook, and and so coming back from an ACL is it almost takes a full year before they're back fully. So. I don't even know about Dobbins. Plus, they always have like three running backs they rotate in, so it's not like 
and Dylan and Aaron Jones were basically 50-50 at the end of the year. So Yeah. Yeah, I so, could see – yeah, I mean, I think it could be a coin flip between him and Mike who – well, I I, I would agree with you that Mike's definitely probably the most likely to slide, but I'm I'm just saying, especially because the quarterback situation for him, I think Greenwood's definitely another candidate for a slide. Um, yeah. So what I do want to talk about is who who who's the potential risers now. I mean, the obvious one is uh, Dan with his five million picks, but. Uh, <laughs> But uh, I mean, he's got he's got a good, not great quarterback core, uh, but it's all question marks. So I don't think he's going to be competing next year because he's, I mean, he's sitting on Waddle. He potentially has OBJ, and then he's got Mark Andrews. But I mean, he's got no running backs. He's got no receivers past that really. So uh, other than potentially Michael Thomas, I guess. But uh, he's he's sitting on a plethora of picks, so I think my projection is he's probably going to take one quarterback with one of his picks just because they're not the greatest, but you always got to take quarterback. And then I could see him really loading on receiver this year and then next year hammering the quarterbacks and the running backs with those, what, four picks in the first? Yeah, I mean, there's always the possibility that you can hit and in a good class it's it's hard to miss and you walk away and you immediately are you know a top three team so it's possible i think one of the things i've learned with doing this this dynasty league and doing rookie drafts and other ones is that that the percentage chance is actually a lot lower than you think um you know would you get Mitchell in like the fourth or the fifth round? Uh, uh, yeah. So, so it's I'm like, not I'm not a good example because clearly uh, you've had some decent success in the late rounds, but I've been the the late round guru. Right, but I'm more pointing to to the you know earlier rounds. You know, what I mean. Oh yeah, so yeah. They go white side. It's like we think we know, and a lot of times we think we know because we're listening to smart people say they spent a first round pick, Nikhil Harry. They spend a second round pick, JJ. I thought you're white side. You know what I mean? It's like, but but in reality, you should have been drafting the the you know Amon Ross St. Brown or Deontay Johnson, who was fourth round picks. Yeah, I so, did. I did get Deontay yes, Johnson in the fourth I round. Think, yeah, I think yes. Dan has an opportunity. Um, be, well, and here's why. Here's what I would say about Dan. Dan has an opportunity to immediately spring to contention because there are very needy teams in our league when it comes to quarterback and there's going to be, you know, what five that people want to draft in the first round of our rookie draft because they got drafted. So he could have, you know, premium picks and sell them for a premium or he could draft players. And he has that flexibility right now, which is where he wants to be, which is a good place to be. So, oh, yeah, especially think, in that rebuild. I think it's either him or Drew. I think that Drew uh, could also with one or two moves because he has good quarterbacks um, and, you know, a decent tight end. And he's got Chubb and Damian Harris, and he's got some good wide receivers. If he made a, one or two moves and – you know, flip some pieces. He, I think he could jump up into the playoffs and contingent. Oh, agree. Um, 
So I would say I would say the thing I'm really interested in seeing is uh, is just Dan twenty four because I think I think Dan Dan took an approach this year. So I've seen people sell the farm. I've never seen anyone sell the farm like Dan sold the farm. Yeah, and yeah, uh, and he built picks out too, so it wasn't like all next year. He spread it out oh, yeah. wise because. We all know how classes change, and so oh yeah, this uh, but, year could be mediocre, and the following year could be excellent, or it could be flip flop. I mean, for so people that don't realize, though, he's got three twenty-two firsts, one of which is the number one pick. Uh, his other two are later. He's got two twenty-two seconds, and then you go to twenty-three, and that's where the magic happens because he's got Schultz's twenty-three first, Greenwood's th- twenty-three first. Uh, Chris is twenty. Other Chris, <laughs> too many Chris's. Uh, Nineteen fourteen. He's got all the Chris's picks. He's got all the Chris's picks, and he'll probably still be towards the bottom. So have a top three pick of his own. Then he has Schultz's, Greenwood's, and Mike's second round pick on top of his second. This dude is gonna clean up in twenty three, and I mean the consensus, everything can change, but the consensus is twenty three is a super strong class for superstars. Yeah, and even even if it's not, or even if he doesn't make those picks, because he has so much, he has to ability. hit at least he has, he has to hit so at much. least two top. 12 dynasty assets over the next two years well you know and he hasn't made a pick but he right now in you know a lot of people's eyes he already has top assets with those picks which is that's the flexibility you get with having picks instead of players once you make that pick you know you have a lot less flexibility to move you know that player because there's only a few people who want that player only a few people who need a running back but he has so much flexibility over the next two years with all these picks. And people, when it comes to rookie draft time, get very excited. And he'll be able to make, you know, if he makes the moves that he, he could, then, yeah, I think Dan will be a yeah. force to be reckoned with in a year or two for sure. I didn't realize how strong his wide receiver core was, too. So, like, I knew he had Waddle. I knew he had OBJ for the potential of, like, a good veteran presence. And I knew he had Michael Thomas, which is a big question mark. But I I forgot that he had traded for uh, Mike Williams, too. Yeah, and doesn't he have Rondell Moore, who I know he didn't have a great year, but I think that he has a decent future as in the realm of, like, a Waddle uh, as well. Um, Just kind of a creating yards, manufacturing yards type of player. Uh no, I does he have Ron? Yeah, he does have Rondo more. You're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, definitely, definitely some potential there. Um, or some more people he can sell, like OBJ. I mean, you know, he, if OBJ stays with the Rams next year and he's not ready to compete next year, there's another asset that he let you know sit and get more valuable, and he can sell him. Yeah. Before he goes the way of AB. I could honestly, I could honestly see that being an asset that maybe goes to the Cardinals. Um, I don't think Cardinals yeah, are quite sold Kirk on their a- wide receiver two yet, and I think if they get a healthy Hopkins with OBJ and then like a speedster with Rondell Moore, and they let Christian Kirk walk in free agency, um, I mean that's a pretty dangerous receiver core, and they could save money by getting. Uh, 
cheap production if they kept someone like Connor at the running back position or drafted a rookie. I, I mean, that's that's still, with uh, Kyler being a rookie still, I, I think that's a really possible landing spot for OBJ. So that could be an uptick yep. in value. Or the Chiefs. I mean, apparently the Chiefs are going to make a push again in the offseason because they wanted OBJ when he was a free agent. Yeah. <clears throat> so if he, does it, if he stays with the Rams or goes to those two places, his value is only going to go up. That's not going to go back down. So if you could sell him if he wasn't ready to compete because OBJ's maybe like 30 and he's getting up there. So Yeah, he is getting up there for sure. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, it's a good, interesting uh, discussion. We'll see. So... Um, yeah, I, it, I, I think yeah. I'm actually, now that I've uh, won the championship, I'm actually in a decision mode. I might do a premature sell-off of some assets. Yeah, I uh, I could see you have some aging, uh, especially a wide receiver, you know, Adams, and you could still sell them for a good, good chunk and uh, do a little, I think my philosophy too is... <clears throat> You probably think the same way as to do a little mini uh, refill rather than a big rebuild. So if you're constantly just doing little mini rebuilds here or there, retoolings, then you never have to do like a full teardown yeah. like Dan had to do. So exactly, which is kind of where you're at, and I think you know, which is what it sounds like you're talking about. Yeah, I'm. I'm basically I'm at a crossroads because I mean. I mean, let's talk about the elephant in the room is I potentially have Deshaun Watson coming back because I I did what I did, survived all the injuries with the depth at every position I had, but quarterback was the real taxing one. But I could go from having Big Ben and Dak to having Wentz and Dak to now having Dak, Watson with Wentz and Zach Wilson as my backups. Uh, I mean, we haven't even talked about my potential, but the thing is, like, I agree with you. Not not that uh, Adams is old and Kamara are old, because they're not. They're they're still top five dynasty assets. Maybe Kamara top six. Um, but the the thing is, like, if I wait too much longer, I am gonna lose out on value, and they're both guys that could automatically go on a team and make them con- contenders next year. So yeah, I mean, I don't think they're old; they're just declining. Yeah, right. I mean, that's where you're. I mean, I just, I just, really yeah, I had the number three the receiver with them. Never go up; they're just gonna go down. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. think I, I think they're going to hold peak value for where they're at now for probably another two to three years, but they're never going to gain value anymore. So I, I think that's why I need to make that decision if I sell them now or if I just ride into another championship potentially next year. Yeah, yeah I would agree. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's some interesting stuff I'm excited to see in a – I mean, people will start to find out where I stand on that because I'm going to start throwing out offers potentially, or if someone comes at me, I might entertain a good one. We'll see. But uh, I'm I'm really yeah, interested I'm, to see what you do. Fun. I'm interested to see what I do, and I'm interested to see what Mike does or the three big teams I expect to really have a decision to make this off season. Yeah, I think it's what I was going to say is I think it's fun because our league has people in such different places that. You know, it is kind of 
it, it makes it interesting and exciting because we're all doing such different we have different plans and different ways of attacking everything and we have guys who are like you know, we're competing and guys who are just one piece away and then guys who could compete but maybe we decide hey let's get rid of some aging assets and so I think that that, that makes it exciting too you know just because everybody's in different places and it's fun because we were like, what are you doing when Dan started? And now we're like, oh, you know, that's actually, I'm kind of jealous. Oh, yeah, man. I, I, I know you're sitting there the same way. Is like, I kind of wish I owned Dan's team because I think I could do some really amazing things through the draft and trades. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, yeah, like I said, when you have picks, there's a lot more flexibility. Yeah. And that's partially like what I'm really jealous of is because, like, I have Justin Jefferson. That's great. But, you know, that value is that value. Having that pick, okay, well, now we got some liquidity to that, you know, to that asset. And you can do a lot more with that number one overall pick. And so, uh, you know, I have a little bit of envy. Not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, uh, all right. So uh, I guess we'll we'll kind of wrap it up. Let's uh, let's hear what what not necessarily that you've decided or or haven't yet, but what are the top three assets on your team that you're willing to move, or who do you who do you think you want to move? Uh, I mean, and and don't 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 get me wrong, people. I'm not trying to probe him of saying, like, don't take this as, oh, Clay doesn't value these people like he should, and I'm going to take advantage of them. I'm not saying, like, what's your, like, no no one should take what you say as, like, oh, uh, Kirk Cousins isn't worth what he's worth now because Clay's trying to sell him. I'm just more interested in helping you get the word out there if you're willing or, or looking to maybe make a move sure. if this is who's available. No, I mean, that makes sense. I, what I was going to say is it's kind of cliche, but anyone who has done a trade with me knows this is true. I'm willing to trade anyone, but, and, and uh, I've shown that over the history of our league as I've traded away lots of top-tier players, but if if I decide I do one of these little mini retools, then I would probably be willing to, to part with one of my young top wide receivers so and like get a big haul you know or like be able to upgrade a quarterback so like jefferson or brown um and look to move them for you know and, and maybe even someone else for an upgraded quarterback or something so that's so really maybe maybe about maybe package gonna... so like basically maybe package jefferson with with Stafford, who's clearly still doing it, but he's got his years limited, and you could turn around and get a top-tier uh, quarterback and then, like, a middle, lower, high-end receiver, like, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of someone who's, like, a borderline number one receiver that that's where they live kind of thing. Uh, like, a ter- like a Terry McLaren or something. Yeah. Yeah, and it would depend on, obviously, their age, because McLaren is, like, a... You know, he's a top 15 or 18 wide receiver, but he's young. Or like, you know, OBJ or Mike Evans are getting older, but they're close to a top, you know, 12 wide receiver. So, yeah, that's probably, 
either that or I'd look to move my running backs and just sell my running backs this year and do like a zero RP approach and sell them for assets to contending teams that want to make a run and I got and, you. Uh, build for the future. So my my assumption was you were going to probably, or this is my assumption of what's going to happen in the off season because I know you want to move these receivers, but um, I could see you moving one of your other lower tiered receivers like uh the promise of a rob's bounce back or something like that for some asset but i would assume that you're gonna like find the like greenwood is who i would expect you to probably target and i would think you would put in one of your staple quarterbacks with cousins or uh, stafford along with mixon and then try to pull away from him I guess maybe Greenwood's not a good example because he doesn't have a quarterback to send to you. But like a team like that or a team with quarterbacks, like like Drew, you said, maybe package Mixon in that for Kyler or something like that and a, a lower-end receiver or running back to go with it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, that's – yeah, I've thought about Drew's been somebody I've talked about already. But, yeah, I've thought about how, how to – different scenarios of how to basically upgrade the uh the quarterback because that's the that's the pain point especially if we don't change the rules then i obviously need to figure out how to get a crappy quarterback that runs for a lot of yards and touchdowns yep yep i yeah i think i think definitely some of the rule changes might might be uh skewing things a little bit here and there uh quick preview are we going to expand uh the roster five more slots for the final time or are we going to keep it where it's sitting well we so the way we voted i think it was two years ago we will do all of our like league voting and business when the nfl league year starts so that's like in march and then we basically have a month and so that's definitely on the list to talk about of whether we're going to keep expanding or not. Um, and then depending on what we decide, you know, whether or not we're going to expand our starting rosters and start having people with such deep rosters have to start more players. So those are on the docket to be discussed and voted on this, this uh, off season. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I myself am in favor of one more expansion I think that uh, we're five short from a a true good dynasty because at the end of the day, we kind of talk about it. Yeah, there's always that one or two players that somehow squeak value, but generally people should not be finding anyone on the waiver wire. Yeah, the waiver wire, in my opinion, in in a league our size with benches, like our waiver wire should be almost barren. Like, you know, you should be getting players like, like I got Jawan Jennings. It's like, yeah, maybe he is a four-string running back, and maybe he'll be okay one day, but he's not really worth much. Yeah, like, I can use him in a pinch, but I'm never going to get real value out of him. Maybe the guy I pick up off the waivers, I can get, like, a third or a second for it most, but that's the kind of value I see in Dynasty waivers. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I think we're almost there, though. Yeah, I, I think five more slots would do it, but, I mean, it's up to everyone, and we'll see how it goes. Yep, I agree. So, well, uh, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Uh, condolences on your your fantasy season, and uh, <laughs> and uh, 
I I need to actually uh I'll, I'll get it off of you on text message, but I need to get your uh, your address. I actually have something for you, so I got to send you out something. <laughs> okay, uh, sounds good. I appreciate. It. Congratulations again on the win. Oh. Maybe as maybe as they say, as the saying goes, fifth time is the charm. So looking forward to next year. I mean, I don't know if they've ever said that, but I've never really listened to people that are always hoping. <laughs> Yeah, well, I said it now, so now it's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, you heard it here first, people. Fifth time is the charm, so. All Thanks, right, man. have a good one, Claire. Thanks, man, you too. Have a good night. All right, you too. All right, bye. Bye. All right, everyone, so that was Clay. Uh, thank you for stopping by. Uh, I hope everyone had a really good uh, really good time listening. It was good to get back into the, the work uh, room studio, as it were. I am at work still, but uh, haven't turned this into a full-time job. But uh, if anyone has any uh, ideas for the show this season uh, coming up, the off-season is going to be kind of more of the same. I get to shows when I get to it. Uh, if you have ideas for a show you want me to do, whether it's a player breakdown or some sort of bit or something, I'll be more than happy to take that into consideration and try to do it. Um, and then I think we'll probably try to filter in some more guests here and there. And then, uh, of course, the big episode of the offseason, prior to all the draft stuff, will be our uh, our rule changes and uh, voting episode. So uh, a lot of good content uh, still coming out this offseason. And uh, as always, we appreciate you being out here. Oh, and then uh, I guess maybe we'll uh, start a suggestion box of what we should call this show, I- Original Ideas Only, and kind of uh, retool a little bit. So, uh, as always, thank you for stopping by. It is I, the FF Goonie, Jason Seplick, signing off. And remember, Goonies never say die, because I'm a champ.